All right, that's it. <laughs> Thank you. I want, I want names. I want to know who, I mean, this is, I want to know how that got out. You know, while we're at it, I want to let you know that I was the first one to leave the house today. I was the first, stand up, copycat. Good morning. morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. With that now, it's going to be difficult for me to give you the law. (laughs) Good to be here. I'm not here today because it's my birthday, but I was explaining um, earlier to uh, Jim Jensen and the other music people. I mean, I cannot think of a better birthday gift than to be able to be here today with you and to speak God's word and to share it with you and then even to be used by God in a baptism. So I... Speaking of which, where's Dominic? (laughs) Ah, God bless him. So today, we're beginning a new uh, sermon series, new uh, message series here at Shepherd's Gate, uh, beginning today and for the next two weeks, three weeks in total, entitled Untold Stories. Um, how many of you, uh, all those who have ever heard of Moses, say aye. aye. All those who have heard of Peter, James, and John, say aye. aye. Noah, say aye. aye. Okay. We've heard the names about people in the Bible. We've heard their stories many, many times. We're familiar with many, many people. But then there are other people in the Bible who we don't hear about so much. And what their, if you will, untold stories have to speak to us today. And that's what we're going to be doing uh, today and over the next two weeks, we're going to be taking a look at these people and examining uh, what their untold story is, if you will, and how does that relate to our life. Today, we're going to be taking a look at a conversation that happened between Moses and a man named Jethro. I would invite you, the Bible in front of you, isn't it great that the Bibles are out back in the chairs? Amen. Amen. And if you're in the front row, there's underneath the chair. Uh, If you want to get that Bible out and turn to page 60, that's going to be Exodus chapter 18, beginning at verse 13. For those of you who are at home or watching online, we are so glad that you're tuning in and you're with us today. Invite you to do the same, get your Bible out, or to, if you have an app on your phone, however you get to the Word, get to it. (laughs) Exodus chapter 18, beginning at verse 13, that's where we are eventually uh, going to be heading today. So as we take a look at this conversation that took place between this man named Jethro and Moses, what we're going to be examining today in this untold story is how we go about giving and receiving advice in our daily life. How do we go about giving? What are the examples that Jethro and Moses can give to us? What can we learn from it? Advice. What is advice? Well, simply, advice Uh, by definition, is to a recommendation regarding a decision or a course of conduct. There is no shortage. (laughs) There is no shortage of people, books, commercials, you name it out there, that is willing to give us advice. 
We run into it every single day. I sat down in preparation for this message. I sat down and I Googled advice quotes. There were over 2 billion. <laughs> there were over 2 billion hits. And I'm sitting there going like, Jesus, I'm not looking all these up. I'll be here all month. So what I did was I pulled out a couple, just a few, to share with you this morning. Some of the quotes that are out there regarding advice and some things that we can do. Here's one from Benjamin Franklin. Never ruin an apology with an excuse. Mmm, boy. How often do we do that? Honey, I'm sorry, but that eliminates everything that went before it. Um, or this one from Abraham Lincoln. This is probably one that I should really take to heart. Better to remain silent and thought a fool than to speak and remove all doubt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should just quit this message right here, huh? <laughs> uh, here's one. Anybody remember Irma Bombeck? Oh, okay, great, great. She has some advice here. Never go to a doctor whose office plans have died. <laughs> Any doctors out there? And here's one from Bill Murray. This is my favorite one. Uh, whatever you do, always give 100% unless you're giving blood. <laughs> so that's just some of the two billion hits that are out there on how, what kind of advice uh, we should be taking and receiving. So I have a question for us today, for you and for me and myself, is how are we, how are you at receiving and or giving advice, whether you're being asked for it, you want to give it, and how are you at receiving it? Sometimes I think we find ourselves in a situation of wanting to give advice, but, you know, we're just kind of like, ah, I don't know how that's going to go over. You know, like, if I wanted your advice, I would ask for it, you know, <laughs> you don't want to hear that. So sometimes we find ourselves in that situation. Sometimes we find ourselves in a position of receiving advice from people. And when that happens, uh, I think some of the kind of questions, at least it's been my experience, that I start asking myself questions. Well, who is this person that's wanting to give me advice? Are they an expert at what they're talking about? Are they trustworthy? Do they believe in Jesus? All these questions start going through my mind when I start receiving. All of us, all of us, I know we all at one point or a time in our life have received advice from people who we trust and who love us. And that advice that they have given us and that if we took it to heart and we acted on it, how that advice changed the course of our life. I'm standing here today because of advice that was given to me that changed the whole course of my life. And I received it, I prayed about it, I acted on it. And this only, 30, 46 years ago, here's one example. 46 years ago, Susan and I were married, and we had a young baby at home, Christina, our youngest. And I worked at a, a supermarket chain called Chatham. Anybody remember Chatham? Oh, yeah. Wow, I am surprised. <laughs> the first service was like, yeah. Anyway, I worked at Chatham. And uh, my, at that time in my life, my goal, I had been working there about seven years, and my goal in life was to get into management. I mean, that, that's a pretty reasonable goal, isn't it? To want to get into management and to grow with the company. Well, one day, a regional supervisor walked into our department. And um, so I asked him, I said, hey, John. I said, well, I didn't say, hey, John, I said, Mr. John. <laughs> I said, um, this is my goal in life. I'd kind of like to look into getting into management. What do I have to do? Are there some college, of course? What do I have to do to get into management? 
And he looked at me and he looked at me and he said, I'm going to give you some advice. He says, you're young, you're married, you've got a young daughter at home, get out. <laughs> I'm like, wow. He says, this company's not going to survive. I'm like, wow. So I went home. We talked about it. I prayed about it. And I started uh, searching for a job and eventually got hired in at the Detroit Free Press. And that lasted for 15 years. It was like five years after I left Chatham. Chatham, right? No more Chatham. So we all receive advice, direction in life from people who know and who love us. And it's up to us as to whether or not we're going to listen, receive it, and act on it. So today, we're going to take a look at this encounter between Jethro and Moses. Now, this is a huge topic. You know, by the two billion, two billion hits, you can tell. This is a huge topic. And so what we're going to do is we're going to zero in. We're going to be very uh, focused on what are just some of those points that we can specifically pull out of this conversation, this encounter between Jethro and Moses. There may be more, but we're going to focus just on what we can learn between Jethro and Moses in our daily life. Jesus Christ died for you. He died for me. And it's through his shed blood on the cross, and it's by his grace and his mercy, through faith in him, that you and I have the forgiveness of sins and the promise of eternal life. That's God for us. Amen. That's God for us. But it doesn't end there. God walks with you and I each and every day. He walks with us each and every day. He talks to us through his word, absolutely, through the Bible. But he also sends people into our life to help us out Amen. along the way. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, that kind of faith, okay? The Christ in me, the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life to help us along. Sound good? Yeah. All right. Oh, by the way, for those of uh, uh, want you to remember that if you want to dig deeper into what we're about to tell you, to read Exodus chapters 2 and 3 and 18. And then also online, there are a number of questions in, in the app or in our online you can, a um, bunch of questions that you can uh, uh, call up to look through for further study, okay? So let me bring you up to speed. I'll give you some background as to how we got to this place in Exodus 13 today. Moses, everybody who remembers Moses, say aye. aye. All right, good. So Moses, if you will remember, was a Jew. And he grew up in Egypt. Right, remember? His mother put him in a basket in the river and the Pharaoh's daughter found him. And he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter. He grew to become a man. One day he is out in, the, um, in Egypt there and he runs across an Egyptian who's beating on a Jew. Moses gets angry, he kills the Egyptian. It's found out. And so he fears for his life. He escapes into the desert. While he's in the desert, he comes to a watering hole where there are some women who are tending their father's flock, trying to give them water. They're having a difficult time with some shepherds that showed up. They're giving them a hassle. Moses steps in and defends them. Moses is then invited to go to dinner at the, at the girl's father's house. The father owns the flock, and they have dinner. That owner of that flock was Jethro. Moses ends up marrying one of the women that was at the well. So now Jethro becomes Moses' father-in-law. Jethro hires Moses to work for him. Moses goes to work for Jethro. Moses is out in the desert tending Jethro's flock. 
God comes to Jethro and calls him through a burning bush to go back to Egypt and to bring the children of Israel out of captivity from Egypt okay, onto the promised land. Moses goes to Egypt. Years later, again, if you want to really dig into this, go read Exodus. Years later, Moses brings the children of Egypt out of the children of Israel out of Egypt, out of captivity. They cross the desert. They come to the foot of Mount Sinai. God gives Moses the Ten Commandments at Sinai. While they are there at the foot of Mount Sinai. Now, meantime, back at the ranch, <laughs> back at Jethro's ranch, Jethro has been hearing about all these things that God is doing for the Israelites through Moses, and they're coming out of Egypt. So Jethro comes to Moses at the foot of Mount Sinai. He comes to Moses. Moses greets him. They have this big feast, okay? And they have this, uh, that night, they have this big feast. That brings us to Exodus 18, 13. The next day, this is after they have their feast, Moses sat to judge the people, and the people stood around Moses from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, he said, what is this that you are doing for the people? Why do you sit alone and all the people stand around you from morning till evening? And Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me to inquire of God. When they have a dispute, they come to me and I decide one person and an, between one person and another. And I make them know the statutes of God and his laws. Moses' father-in-law said to him, what, are you do what you are doing is not good. You and the people with you will certainly wear yourselves out for the things, this thing that's too heavy for you. You are not able to do it alone. So when we're talking about giving and receiving advice, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at giving advice through the example of Jethro and what he has just said to Moses. What are some things that we can learn? Well, I think the first thing that we can learn in this is that if we're going to give people advice, then what we have to do is we have to check ourselves, check our motive for why we are giving that advice. Think about this. Scholars have estimated that there were over 600,000 people in this camp at the foot of Mount Sinai. And Moses is there from dawn to dusk all day long, every day, listening to all of these complaints. The simple complaints from my neighbor's dog is barking too much to they've got their tent pitched too close to mine. It smells when they do their dinner. They don't take out their garbage. Yay. Everything. He's listening about this. To the more serious things that include theft and murder. Moses doesn't have time to think. He doesn't have time to relax and to be refreshed. And Jethro sees all of this and he says, this isn't good, Moses. This isn't healthy for you. It's not healthy, it's not healthy for you, and it's not good for the people of Israel. What we can read in Jethro's words to Moses is this, that Jethro is, is genuinely concerned about Moses and the people of Israel. He's speaking from the right heart, okay? He's speaking out of love. He wants to give this advice out of love for Moses and for the people because it would be much better if Moses would listen. So when we're going to give people advice, I think we need to check their motive. And I think that this is where often our sinful nature jumps into overdrive when we want to give advice. Why are we giving that advice? Are we giving advice because out of pride? 
because we think we know, we're, we're, we know it all and we just want to stand out in the crowd? Are we giving advice because we're jealous? If you think of a coworker, are we giving them that advice because if they give them that, we give them that advice and they listen, it's gonna, they're not going to succeed and so we can work our way above them. See, why are, why are we doing that? Why are we giving that advice? What is the motive? Because what's really truly needed when we are going to give advice to somebody is this. It's an affectionate interest and care, love for them. That's what it tells us in Proverbs 27, 9. Perfume and incense bring joy to the heart and the pleasantness of a friend springs from the heartfelt advice. So what is the advice? What is the motive for wanting to give advice? We also learn from this that giving advice includes God. <laughs> it includes God and it includes advising people. It includes advising people. Jethro says, now, obey my voice, I will give you advice, and God be with you. Jethro is not saying to Moses, this is what you must do. I'm telling you what to do. That's not what Moses is saying. The word obey can throw us off. Because you know, what happens to you when you hear that word obey? Right away, something up here goes like, well, this is something that I must do, Right? Well, that's not what that word means, okay? If you research it, what Moses is really, or what Jethro is really saying is, let me offer you some advice. Let me give you some suggestions as to what might work out. Because ultimately, it's going to be up to Moses whether or not to accept the advice. It's going to be his decision. It's going to be his decision as to whether or not to take the advice. Jethro also recognized that in giving advice that God needed to be in it. God ultimately is the one who is going to make the decision or is going to lead Moses to do what he should do. So the example that is laid out for us in what we hear Jethro saying is that when we help others with an issue... We take time to pray with them, to seek God's guidance without telling them what to do. Because that's what advice is, okay? What is advice? Advice is simply to give information or suggestions on what might need to be done so that they can make an informed decision. We don't tell them what they must do. We can ask them questions like, Joe, what do you think about this? Or what do you think will happen if you do that? Or what are some other options? Help them, help them look at their options. What are some things that you could do without telling them what to do? Advising is also to know of what we are talking about. We should not be giving advice to people in a situation that they were in if we don't know what we're talking about. That's not good. I'm not a brain surgeon, so it's not my place to give somebody advice on brain surgery. I will, I will, I will, however, I will. I, copycat. I, I will, however, help them find somebody who could give them some advice on brain surgery. So if you're going to help somebody, if you're going to give somebody advice, 
know what you are talking about. We should not be giving advice on things that we don't know. So, also then, what we do is we give helpful suggestions. Because that's what Jethro does next. He tells us, beginning in verse 19, You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God, and you shall warn them about the statutes and the laws and make them know the way in which they must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over the people as chiefs of thousands of hundreds and fifties and tens, and let them judge the people at all times. Every matter they shall bring to you, every great matter they shall bring to you, but any small matter they shall decide themselves, so it will be easier for you, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you, you will be able to do endure, and all this people will also go to their place in peace. So Moses gives Jethro, Jethro gives Moses two suggestions. One, yeah, you're right. You're the one that's supposed to be doing the preaching and teaching. That's what God has called you to do. That's what you should be. That's your first priority. Second suggestion was to get people to help to share the workload. So Jethro advises Moses and offers some possible solutions. So when it comes to Jethro and his example of giving people advice, we see it all kind of summed up in verses 17 and 19. When offering advice, check our motive. We pray with the people. We advise. We don't tell them what to do. Offer suggestions that they, and they may or may not listen. <laughs> they may or may not listen. So now if we flip over to receiving advice, we take a look at Moses' response. What was Moses' response to all of this? Tells us in Exodus beginning at verse 18, beginning at verse 24. So Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law and did all that he had said. Moses chose able men out of all Israel and made them heads over the people, chiefs of thousands, of hundreds, of fifties, and of tens. And they judged the people at all times. Any hard case they brought to Moses, but any small matter they decided themselves, then Moses let his father-in-law depart, and he went away to his own country. So Moses ended up listening to Jethro and taking the advice to heart. But notice that Moses did it with a humble heart. That Moses did this with a humble attitude. Even though God could have spoken to Moses directly, like he did at the burning bush and on Mount Sinai at the Ten Commandments, God could have chosen to speak to uh, uh, Moses directly. But what he did was he sent Jethro to help him. You and I, sometimes in our life, we need a Jethro. Amen. We need a Jethro in our life to help us along the way. Moses' acceptance of Jethro's advice can serve as an example for us on how to receive that. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to giving and receiving advice, the harder of the two for me is the receiving. <laughs> I think all of us want to give advice, right? Yeah, thank you. But it's the receiving part that just, I don't know, for some reason it just, there's something in me. I just like, especially, especially if, if, if I'm receiving advice and I didn't ask for it. And this is what's happening here. Because Moses didn't ask for the advice. Jethro just jumps in and starts giving it. Right? 
So I think that receiving advice from people is the hardest for us to accept. At least I know it is for me. That's my confession. And you're going to shake your head. <laughs> so what we can learn, I think, from Moses' response to Jethro is the first thing is, is that you need to be willing to listen. You need to be willing to listen to the advice that you're being given. It tells us in Proverbs 19.20, listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Moses was too close to the situation. He, couldn't, he didn't even, couldn't even see he had a problem. He was much too close to the situation. And so here comes Jethro to open his eyes to a solution to the problem that he was facing. Sometimes, as I said, we need a Jethro in our life. We need to seek the advice of others. When we do that, when we seek the advice of others, we pick people who are trustworthy. We pick people who know Jesus Christ as their Savior. God can use non-Christians in our life, but we pick people who we know, who are trustworthy, who have experience with the issue that we are have going on in our life, and we ask them questions. And you pick more than one person. Would you make a major life decision in your life without asking an expert? No. Huh. Would you buy a house without having an expert inspect it to make sure that it's not going to fall down the day that you move in? <laughs> no. No. Be willing to listen. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Don't be so proud to think that we know it all. That we know it all. And, we, and, and do not... Uh, Take advice that's being given to you and reject it out of hand. It could have disastrous results. A couple years ago, Sue and I had an electric stove in the kitchen. And a couple years, it served faithfully for a number of years. And um, one day, uh, it decided to have a mind of its own. Susan was cooking on it, and it went into overdrive. And it, the temperature went up to like 500 degrees, you know, 600. It kicked into the cleaning mode, and she had stuff in the oven. And the stuff in the oven catches on fire, it's smoking, and the oven won't open. It's locked. And I'm like, this is Satan's possession. So it won't, and I can't, so I ended up having to run downstairs and, and pull the, the, the um, switch, the, uh, the breaker, thank you, the breaker on, on the 220 line. Well, that meant now that we need a new stove. So deliberations began. Susan uh, was uh, opting and campaigning for an electric stove, I mean a gas stove, and she expounded on all the benefits of the gas stove. I was campaigning for an electric stove, and I expanded on all of the, the nice things about an electric stove, because the 220 line is there, we don't have a gas line, so we discussed it, and I had to go out and find a plumber to, to put in a gas line. <laughs> so I did my due diligence. I asked for some references for a plumber and that kind of thing. I had a reference. I called the reference. Reference comes out to the house to put it in the gas line, the plumber. plumber and I, the plumber comes in the house. We go downstairs in the basement, and I show him, you know, and everything. And I tell him, look, I want, when you do this, when you plumb in the new line, I want an additional shutoff valve here in the basement. 
He goes, why? You're going to have one upstairs in the, in the kitchen behind the stove. And I said, yeah, but if the stove catches fire, I have an emergency. The, switch, the valve is behind the stove. I've got to pull the stove. That's too much. I want a valve down here in the basement that I can get at in a hurry and just shut off the gas. He says, kind of redundant. I said, I don't care. I'm paying the bill. <laughs> Put in the valve. So anyway, so how many of you, when you have a repairman come over, how many of you stand around and actually watch? <laughs> I think it makes them nervous. I do it for two reasons. One, because I want to learn. And two, because I just want to watch. So anyway, we go downstairs, and he goes to work. And we're in the basement, and he gets out this drill. Because he has to drill a hole in the floor uh, for the gas line, right? And he's working right next to the 220 line. And I looked at him. I said, you know, I'm not telling you what to do. I'm, I just, but here's a suggestion. Do you think maybe we should kill the power to the 220 line in case you hit it? He goes, nah, that'd be fine. I couldn't look. I went in the other room. I heard the drill go on, and sure enough, there was this big explosion, big pop, and the whole house went out. Lost all the power in the house. He hit the 220 line with the drill. And my first words out of my mouth were, call out, call out, everybody all right? And he goes, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> so he goes to work, and now I have, a, now I have an electrical problem. And who do you call on a Saturday afternoon to come out and finish electrical to fix your house? Thankfully, I had a brother, a fellow Christian brother in my house church that was an excellent electrician. I called him on the phone. I said, Steve. <laughs> Steve came out. Steve comes in the basement, and the plumber's still working. He's got flashlights on, and he's working, still drilling. And Steve says, you know, that, hot, that line is still hot. Plumber says, yeah, well, whatever. So he finishes drilling the hole. He puts in the piping. Now he takes out a, at the end, he takes out a lighter. And I'm like, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to check for gas leaks. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a gas line plumber guy, and, I, and I'm not a gas guy, but I mean a flame and gas. In, in my, it doesn't connect. So he turns the lighter on, and he starts poking at all his connections, and sure enough, he hits one. And now we have a blowtorch going. And he's trying to put it out. So I told him, I said, why don't you just reach over and shut off that valve that I told you I needed? <laughs> so he didn't even get out of the house when we were using that valve as an emergency. <laughs> Be willing to listen to advice. Don't just reject it out of hand, because if we do, sometimes it can have disastrous results. <laughs> then talk to God in prayer. Be willing to listen. Talk to God in prayer. It tells us in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. Amen. So when we are receiving advice, we have to be willing to listen, and we also have to be willing to take it to Christ in prayer, to rely on him, and then act on it, and then act on it. When we act on it, Moses listened to the voice of his father-in-law, and he did all that he said. We prayerfully consider all of the advice that we're receiving and then we make our decision. Make our decision. Is this decision going to be God-honoring? Is this going to be a God-honoring decision? Is this the right use of my resources that God has blessed me with? How will God be honored? Because there's people watching. There's people watching. Does it indicate a faith in God's saving grace? 
Jesus Christ came again, came into this world, and he shed his blood for you and for me. He gave his life and rose from the dead so that you and myself, through faith in Jesus Christ, would have eternal life, the forgiveness of sins, all those times that we don't listen to his advice, that we would have forgiveness for all of that, and that one day we would see him face to face. And when we make that decision, does that reflect a faith in that saving grace, that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior and that you're one of his kids? Does it indicate a love for God's people? There are people around us that have to live through the decisions that we make. Thinking about changing your job? That's good. That's fine. Get advice. How are you going to go do that? But how is that decision going to affect your family? See? Does this decision that you make reflect love for other people? People around you. How is it going to impact them? And does this decision go against my conscience? Conscience that is based on the word of God. What is God speaking to you? We're not asking. We're not asking those who give advice to us to make our decisions. Because ultimately, when we make the decisions, we own it. It's our decisions to make. But we always make them in the light of God's grace and what he would want for our life. So here's some advice. This is perfect advice, and it's for you and for me. Jesus used to say in the scriptures that he who has ears, let him hear. That's tantamount to saying, here's some advice that I'm giving you from my lips to your ears. Here's some God advice that you cannot go wrong with. If you stop and you think about it, all of these times that we deal with situations in our life when we're seeking advice, the, most, the times that we're doing that is because we're thinking about something that's going to impact the future. What about this? What about that? Am I going to have enough money for retirement? Am I going to, how am I going to handle this particular situation? How am I, how am I going to deal with my, my child who's doing this? There's, and, and what happens is if we're dealing with those questions and we're seeking advice, perhaps worry begins to build in. Hey, what's going to happen if this doesn't work out right, if I make the wrong decision? You know, Okay. And it begins to threaten our, our security, and we begin to worry, and we, be, we start focusing on the worry. Jesus answered all of this. Jesus addressed that question. He addressed that issue in the Sermon on the Mount. If you remember, he said what? He said, I'm going to take care of the birds of the field, and I take care of the lilies of the field. Why are you so concerned? Don't worry about those things. Tomorrow has enough, today has enough worry, things to deal with than tomorrow. And then Jesus gave, at the end of that, he gave this perfect advice for you and for me. In Matthew chapter 6, 33, he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Amen. <laughs> that is the most important thing for us to focus on. Having a right relationship with Jesus Christ. Having him as our Lord and Savior, because it's only through faith in him that we will see him one day face to face. Amen. And it's only through that faith of walking with him each and every day that we are able to tackle the problems that we're going to face.
we're going to face them. We're going to face the problems. We're going to have the questions in our life. We're going to need advice. But the point that Jesus is making is, seek first my righteousness and my kingdom and all of these other things that are going to be added unto you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for all that you have done in our life, for the faith that you have given us by grace. We pray and now ask as we go about the rest of our day in our life that you would continually give us the best advice that we could possibly have through your word. In Jesus' name, amen.